they're progressive. You could almost call them hipsters. Mm-hmm. But then I think there's another group, like maybe from the south or something. <laughs> but think of things. You don't. You should. You might be able to answer. Yeah, you should turn the mic on and ask the question because I think you get. Now. Oh, it's on now. Okay. So my question is: I was saying to Vicky that I have three daughters and two nephews who are um, very progressive millennials in their twenties, and they fall into the category probably of being hipsters. Okay, so that's one way of thinking, you know. And I think those people sort of naturally fell away from the church. Like, I think when we were young, the norm was to be Christian, and people didn't think much of you if you weren't. I don't know. That's how it was for me. But now, those kids of progressive parents don't seem to be Christian. And But then I think there are another group of young people who are from the South who are more conservative. Mm. I want you to correct me about this because I'm not sure I'm <laughs> stating it right exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, Jay probably has insight on this too, but like, um, I mean, I definitely, in the South, uh, I, I would agree with you that it was the norm uh, more so to be Christian or at least be brought up conservatively and whether or not people remained there like I have four little brothers and we were all raised we were all indoctrinated and maybe brainwashed I don't know we were all very conservatively ingrained with all these ideas and values and stuff but every single one of us has since then pushed away from that and I'm the I'm the most I'm the closest to being you know still Christian and I have days when I don't believe in God you know and stuff like that but like I'm comfortable there but I really identify with the Christian tradition still, and I love Jesus and, and the stories and the, the almost like the mythos behind it all. Um, but none of all my brothers are like, you know, screw Christianity. Like, yeah, they're all not about it at all. So, and they've all fallen in, in different places, but they're all atheists for sure. I'm surprised. What can you tell us? <laughs> Well, when I can, I'm confused by the millennials as well. Um, Aren't you one of them? No, I'm at Generation X. Okay. I'm 42. You're a millennial. I suppose, yeah, that yeah. would be. I'm 42, so I still follow generation. I'm following the Generation X crew. We kind of just disappear, or we got old, as everyone else does, and then a new little generation comes along. Um, I do think there is uh, more of a tradition of the church is still more embraced in the South. I do this tour, what I know, called Loose in the Bible Belt, where I go with me, and it's a comedian and a musician. Actually, there's a couple comedians, a musician and me, and we talk about the importance of gay rights, and I talk about kind of like where the church has missed the boat. And we tour the South because there's still people who want religion and want to be LGBTQ or you know want looking for that 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 where those roads crossed you know and so for me it's basically going around apologizing saying hey we missed this boat and I'm sorry um, saying religion is here faith is here if you want it you know you're not excommunicated. So down south seems to be really we're a place where it's more needed. 
but that could be, you know, I think about Orange County, California, Southern California, and that's pretty conservative in, 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 in the suburbs there, you know. So you, you've got these pockets, you know, Minnesota to be in the Midwest is it's such an oddity that I'm still trying to get used to. Mm-hmm. I just can't, you know, because it's so progressive. You know, I was in New York for almost 10 years, you know, seven years, and, and it wasn't even as progressive, you know, because people still wanted church and needed church. And, you know, I think you still have that here. I mean, I passed this giant Lutheran church and they have like three or four services and it's always like dead stop traffic when I've been trying to get here um, well there was a huge movement towards the big um, evangelical churches mega churches yeah. you know and we still have those out in the suburbs and I'm wondering the people who are Christian now are the main lines going down in denomination and the evangelicals going up or is it starting to level off or I wish I knew the answer to that I don't question. even know I feel like the main lines are shrinking in some ways um, I think people are getting disenfranchised and being like maybe not necessarily I mean and we can debate all day what is Christianity like I mentioned to you Jay I was reading that thing about Derrida's Christian question or whatever and kind of the, the meat of it was like it there almost like there is no such singularity as Christianity with a capital C it's evolved you know throughout the years and kind of like Jay touched on even it's been used politically um, it still is used politically you know it's been used to justify obviously wars crusades things like that like it's it's a constantly shifting thing and, and to assert this is Christian this is not Christian like you're saying with neo-Calvinists and stuff like that is absurd you know, it's right. not a single thing. It never has been. It never will be. And even like the Council of Nicaea was constructed to be as inclusivist as possible at the time to to unite Christianity and say, well, you can... At that time, it was rather progressive to say, well, you, you can... As long as you can agree all this stuff, then you're in sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it's just... It, I don't even know where I was going with that, but um, I guess... I mean, I like identifying as Christian, but I can, I know, probably none of my friends back south would say that I'm, like, I've got a neo-Calvinist friend who's always trying to convert me, and he just barrages me with all this, like, Facebook, and I I just, I've got, I haven't responded to him in weeks now. I don't want to be an asshole, but it's like, dude, it is draining. He's not respecting your beliefs. Yeah. And he's not respecting your humanity. (laughs) That's a good point, Vicky. Wow. Can you expand on that? I think that, you know, when people just spout what have become cliches, mm-hmm. Christian cliches, um, without even thinking of the import of the words they're saying, you know, like, forgive your enemies, love your enemies, but to talk about that and not think about, well, what does that mean in my politics, in my daily life, in where I shop, in how I spend my money, it's meaningless. And I think that when people just spout these cliches without being willing to talk with you and talk about the meaning and talk about what does it mean in your life, in my life, what does it mean about how I treat people, then it's, 
it's more like a wall. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes no, sense, absolutely. but it's they you know it's yes. e- there's no door. Mm, there's no good. door for people to enter because you're not hearing who they are. Right. Yeah, that is a good way of putting it. I wasn't able to go to church for quite a while when we moved back here from the Chicago area. Oh, yeah, I'm from and um, I just had this spiritual awakening not very long ago. I actually, I watched a documentary about someone who had more of an Eastern way of being spiritual. Mm-hmm. And it made sense to me. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I thought, oh my God, I get it. I, it somehow explained faith to me. Mm-hmm. And and a few days after I got it, then I realized I can go back to church now because I've always had the belief that all religions lead to God. Mm-hmm. All it, as long as as you keep the legalism out because there's legalism in every religion. And so then I was like, "Oh, Christianity is the language I speak." Yeah. It takes until yeah. I'm 57 to understand what faith is. Yeah. Bam. And and wow. then I came here. <laughs> That's great. That's a good story. You know, talking about walls and doors, on the way here I was listening to um, to the radio and it was a show about black parents and, and raising black sons in the city. It's a local show. And um, they played a a piece by a hip hop artist, but it was very, it was very meaningful and powerful because he was talking about playing knock knock with his father. It was called knock knock, and how when he was a little boy, you know, he'd hear his father knock on the door, and then his father would come in, and you know, he'd say, "Who's there? Your father who loves you." You know, and then his father would hug him every day, and then one day his father wasn't there. He, it turns out he was in prison. And the son really never was able to meaningfully speak with his father again, and now he's grown up. And he was just talking about how, you know, if you, if you do this knock-knock game that, you know, he always wanted his father to tell him how to live, and his father wasn't there to do that, so he played his father kind of speaking into his life and saying meaningful things, and... The point was, you know, knock, knock, who's at the door? Well, we are the sons of our fathers. We have our father's DNA, but we are not their choices. We are not Mm. the sum of their choices. And we can make different choices. And so he was saying, knock, knock, who's there? We are. You know, we're the ones that can can live meaningful lives and be powerful people and, and make powerful changes. And I was thinking of like walls instead of doors, how Christ in Revelation is at the door. He's knocking at the door. Knock, knock, who's there? Oh, wow, yeah. Our Father. That's great. Our, you know, our God who is our Father, Christ who is our brother. Except it's not like that famous picture because that famous picture is a cliche. Yeah. You know, he doesn't, Christ wasn't effeminate. And, yeah, that's true. You know, our homes aren't these little cottages. 
But he's at the door of our lives where we are now, as struggling human beings, as doubters, as skeptics, who desperately need him, and who desperately need to understand and learn to practice what he taught. That's powerful. It is. You'll have to listen to the the radio portion because it was very powerful. It was on. Um, it was on eighty-nine point nine. Oh yeah. Um, and the other thing I was going to say is that talking about repentance as turning—that's repentance. That's where first you have the hope that you can be different than your father, yeah. that you can be different than what you see around you, that that there is hope for. Or even transformation than you have been because those of us who have been stuck in addiction, you get to the point where you really think there is no way out. There is no, you know, right. So, you know, the Bible is visceral, (laughs) and it speaks to our deep human need and our emotional rage, and you know, I just. There's always hope. Mm-hmm. I like that. It's really encouraging. And like I said before here, at the end of the Old Testament, what is the last verse? When the prophet comes, he will, you know, I will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the children to their fathers. I mean, that's, that's where redemption and transformation and right. hope comes. I've said enough. No, no. no, That was beautiful. Yeah. I really need to hear that. Reminds me today, Milo ran out. Like, do you need a hug? Oh. Oh. Yes. (laughs) He ran outside as I was walking to my car. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. He's precious. I work in an elementary school, and the kindergartners are not yet jaded. And yeah. they do just really surprising things. I'll be walking down the hall, and all of a sudden, someone will look up at me and just hug my knees. <laughs> yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. And that's a lesson. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Christ said, be like children. You have to become like children. Yes. And they'll also tell you the ugly truth. (laughs) What's that skin here? And then I say, when you get older, your skin gets looser. Yeah. 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 Don't ask them if you look fat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my love's touching my stomach and it's squishy. But there's there's no like malice in it. That's yeah, the no. that's the funny thing. That's right. It's yeah. just an observation. Yeah, it's an honest. <laughs> yeah, and he may like it. He may think it's great. I wish I had a tummy like that. <laughs> <laughs> Squishy. <laughs> well, thank you for that talk because. That was profound, and I thought about last week's talk all week, and I think I'm going to do that again this week. So, great, helpful. Thank you. Almost didn't get it today. Yeah. But I did. On the other side, are you glad that you did? Yes. Yes, I am.
Isn't that a good feeling? When it's it like you, you do something you don't, you're just like, oh. It's okay. And then afterwards you're like, hey, yes. that wasn't so bad. Yeah. yeah. It's so struggle. It is. I'm definitely feeling the struggle lately. Just, just tired. Yep. Got a lot of questions. Yeah. Just the whole life, too. Just being a parent is tough. You know, and having these. Yep. <laughs> seminary before or are you self-taught I'm self-taught wow that's so, cool that yeah going. I was just really interested in what the Bible had to say and so I bought books about the Bible a lot on the Bible it's so funny because people are like where did you get your little teachings from and I'm like family Christian bookstore <laughs> you know I mean I basically get stoked to go to the family Christian bookstore and just buy books about the Bible and then uh, like like just teaching books or school books that you know that I would order books and find books wherever I could to read about the Bible. But you two are fascinating to me, and I don't know about you, but <laughs> but when people come so far from what they were once told, that means they're self-taught, and that just fascinates me. It's amazing to me. I mean, I don't believe anything that would shock my parents, really. They were always pretty liberal. You know, I was born in the 60s. But it almost seems impossible to do what you've done. To change? Or to, yeah, to turn to ch- in your mind? change from what you were taught so far. To repent. Repent. <laughs> yeah. No, it is repentance. Oh, no. Change your mind. Change, change your mind, yeah. But nobody tells you what repentance is. Right. No, I know. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like, you know, you need to repent, you see but it just means stop doing bad things. Yeah. But you don't have this sense of this this inner turning. Yeah, the change. Right. Were you raised very conservative for tradition? I was raised in a madhouse. <laughs> and my father was a very outspoken bigot. And my mother was extremely depressed. And there was a lot of rage in my house. Well, and a lot of it was directed toward black people. And I, once I was about 12 or 13, I, I thought the opposite. I mean, that was during the days of Martin Luther King. And I just thought, can they treat people like this? And what does a color, you know, you can paint a wall a different color, so what does a color have to do with who you are inside? It's a color. So you were silently watching and developing your own uh, thoughts. Well, Well, I was breaking apart. And then I joined a cult, and 
We've been watching Making a Murderer on Netflix, and I think those are the people that pretty much comprised my cult. And those are the people, I don't know if you've watched it, but it's about the justice system in Wisconsin, and, you know, basically they don't care about what really happened or what the truth is. They care about what they think and what they view as maintaining the status quo in their state. And um, I just thought these are the people that I allowed to think for me and judge me and tell me what God was like. And It's the opposite of justice, it sounds like. It's the opposite of justice, and it's the opposite of even being reasonable. Because you don't acknowledge reality, you you believe what keeps things like they are, <laughs> what maintains the system. And, yeah. And Christ, you know, I mean, when, when the angel came to Mary, what did Mary talk about? How she's, you know, bringing down those who are, that God would bring down those who were on high and raise those who were poor and hungry mm-hmm. and needy. And I mean, that's a total restructuring of society. There's a fascinating, I hope this is related to what you're saying. I have ADD, so often what I say is not related. Don't worry, I do too. I love rabbit holes. (laughs) But there's this show on Netflix called My Next Guest. I haven't been watching it, is that good? It is, and there is such a good example of repentance and forgiveness when he interviews Howard Stern. That one I haven't seen yet. Oh, I saw the Obama one and the Clooney one. I didn't realize uh, how Howard Stern apparently was extremely judgmental of David Letterman and said a lot of really bad things about him and his wife publicly, like he can. And on this show, he has since apologized and made amends. And on this show, they talk about it. And Howard Stern says, I was full of rage. The only thing I knew how to do was be a radio personality. I didn't know how to live. I didn't know how to have relationships. He said I had never been looked at myself. Wow. And it was just amazing. There was a painting he painted to give to David Letterman's wife when he finally realized what he had done. What he had done. I gotta see that one. Yeah, I wanna see that too. This is cool. Forgiveness is awesome. It's very transformative. But mm-hmm. how many people are willing to admit they don't know how to live? And that's why we love people. I mean, I hope that's why I love people. Is, is I'm willing to say, hey, I don't know how I uh, how how to live. <laughs> yes, In here. You know, so I hope that that's contagious. You know. I can't say I'm spending a lot of time at evangelical churches right now doing that. But I'm spending time talking about it and hoping that people who listen online are, are maybe being challenged to do that in their lives and with others. Um, if I had more time, I think I would try to do that. <clears throat> These weeks just seem to fly by. <laughs> and I also look towards the future. You know, I'm not always going to be completely Right. Well, you're not alone. 
What's that? You're not alone. Can I ask you guys some advice? Um, so I mentioned my my buddy who's super Calvinist and conservative, and just like a quick backstory is we used to be best friends, and he. I was a lot more churchy than he was, like, in high school. I was starting to kind of come out and question things, but um, he he was still, like, I don't know, he'd probably maybe be a bad influence, quote, unquote. You know, he liked, you know, doing drugs and getting high and stuff, and I did too. Um, but so now he is, we've kind of switched places almost to where, like, for him... That's his, his. That's his sustenance is legalism, and uh, he's an apologist. So, like you know, he went to, to Bible college and seminary, and now he's he's just straight up a Calvinist apologist. Like he's got a clever little quip for everything he say. He knows how to do g- mental gymnastics and try to see. Gotcha. Like you were saying earlier, you're like I wrangled you into this. Now what are you going to say? Now are you, oh well, then I guess I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. You know. Right. And it's like, how do I? I don't want to just ignore the guy. Like we have such a history, and I I love him. But it's like, where's the, the line between healthy boundaries and, like you were saying, Jay, like interacting with evangelicals and trying to trying to show people love and hope that it's contagious or whatever. But like, where do I where do I put those boundaries up? And like, do I just say, hey man, we, you crossed the line. Sorry, I gotta go. Or do I just do I bear it as much as I can and just kind of be self aware and be like, okay, that was enough, and then cut it off for my own personal mental health, like. I Can you know. ask him how he's doing? Can you yeah. ask questions about his family? Can you get him to talk about something, something other than else. the battle to convert you? Right. Because there's a person in there. Mm-hmm. And that's a good point. You know, Christianity is about the heart, yeah. and legalism doesn't feed the soul. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure he's probably. If, if it really boiled down, like, he's probably more upset and uncomfortable with, with Calvinism than I am because he actually believes it, you know? Right. Well, that word, I mean, it never says enough. There's, that's the thing. It's never enough. Legalism never has that. You know, legalism just doesn't have enough in it, so you're constantly uh, uh-huh. crunching the numbers. Yeah. And, yeah. It's a miserable place to be. I think Vicky's right. I might say... What do you think about us not alluding to religion mm-hmm. and try to take it down to a pretty shallow level for a while? For a while, yeah. I don't know because I like it. talking about religion and stuff like that. Of you know course. what I mean? So like, yeah. it's a shared interest of ours. But his, I can like, I just I can smell it because like I was I was so entrenched just from birth in you know in Southern Baptism and, and that's what he is Southern Baptist and um, so I can just smell it a mile away when I say okay I know exactly where this trail of right. questions is going right. I, I know you're trying to convert me I, I used to do the same thing to other people right. when I was like 12 right. Right. I used to like stand hand out tracks you know in youth group and stuff like that like would you like to talk about the Lord you know and stuff like I used to do that so it's like I know where this is going man I, I, I know your game but I, you know, like I said, I love the guy. And we we always crack each other up, and when we're not getting too preachy at each other, we have a good time and stuff. And I think I you've got to keep trying to bring the relationship back to that mm. relationship, yeah, which is that's good. real. It's I, authentic mm. because you know it's more like a jihad for him. Yeah, it's time to go.
I appreciate that. That's. I think you're probably right. And you're enjoying talking about spiritualism. We should maybe for a while do that with other people, and mm. that subject is probably not very safe with him because you're always going to get into yeah. his, his stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the thing, too, is like, I'm like, when we do talk about spirituality and stuff, um, I, it really always every conversation seems like it boils down to him being like you know almost like a, I, to, from my perspective and I'm sure he would describe it differently but to me it seems like he's always kind of I told you so I told you so or you know I, I proved this thing to you or whatever and I'm always like man that works for you dude you know like and I but my first kind of step of, of uh, I guess deconstruction or, or deconver- whatever it is was like you were saying, kind of inclusivism, being like, all this stuff is saying the same thing. We're all trying to get to the same place. And we all speak different languages and we have different cultural identities and stuff like that. But, like, we're all trying to to get to love, I think. Even if we're doing it the wrong way and we're messing ourselves up in the process, we're all trying to get to love, I, I think. Yeah. And and so I'm... I, he just sees me as this progressive, crazy, liberal, progressive, you know, Christian or whatever... And probably, he would say I'm probably not a Christian because I'm not a, a Calvinist, I guess. I don't know. He'd um, say you were a heretic. Yeah, he, oh, he would definitely say I'm a heretic. Absolutely, yeah. But I don't, I'm, I'm fine with that term heretic. Like, that's a man-made, like, you don't line up, you don't have these specific ducks in this specific row, in this specific order. Yeah. It's like, that's not God. Like, right. That doesn't make any damn sense. <laughs> I mean, if you think about Christianity, the most profound Turning the most profound transformation in your life that in the 60s and 70s it was reduced to a little tract that mm-hmm. people would hand you. And not yeah. that some people did not find Christ that way, but I mean, Christianity it's a, it's a complete transformation of mm-hmm. who we are and how we do life and how we live, and you know, it's a relationship. You know, relationships are not men. Yeah. 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 You know, and your friend can quote all these things to you and blah, 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 blah. but again it's about the heart. It's mm. about who we are. Yeah. Sometimes people are able I've noticed even people who are um, what I would call legalistic are able to just say okay, uh, you know we're too different. I, I'm not going to get you to come over to... And, and I just have a basic understanding that you're on a completely different track than I am. It doesn't sound like he's there yet, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to right. let you... I think it's honestly because he's worried about me and he loves me. Right. And he genuinely thinks I'm going to hell. Yeah. And he wants to be hanging out with me in eternity in a, in a church pew. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, in his head, it's like black or white, like... You know, hell or heaven sort that's of thing. That's a real problem. And that's just not how I see the world. Right. I'm, not, I'm never going to see the world like that again. Like, I would be shocked <laughs> if I went back to being that dualistic. And I mean, it would, there's no way. It's going to have brains. Can you talk about some of the areas where you're not so far apart? Like, I can, obviously, since you're both Christians, there have to be verses and beliefs that you have in common. Can you mm-hmm. try to... That's a good idea. Do you want to clear that you volunteered at the... the, oh, the Salvation Army? The Salvation Army. You know, you can talk about that. 
That's good. The people you That's a good idea. I like that. Yeah, thank you, guys. Let us know how it goes. It'll be an interesting. <laughs> it might be a couple of weeks before I work up the gumption. I'll, I'll do it now. This is good. I need accountability. That's what I need. <laughs> Fire under my ass. It sounds like a hard situation. It's a tough situation. Well, because it's like you're not talking to a person. You're talking to a belief yeah. system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. But, you know, I, I heard there, there is that family that are really off. You know, they, they make up jingles about gay people. And their, their father was, what was his name, Fred? He was from Fred the Phelps. Yeah, that family. And there's a documentary about one of the girls was the social media person for her family. Oh, boy. And she started talking to this guy who was a more reasonable Christian, even probably a liberal Christian. And they spoke back and forth until she realized, wait a minute. I think I heard her on public radio a couple years ago. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And they ended up getting married, and she left her family. That's amazing. Unfortunately, she can't really have much contact with her family because her family is so indoctrinated. Mm-hmm. But she still considers herself a Christian, though. I think so. Yeah, that's it? awesome. I like that. Yeah, I believe she did. It's been a few years since I because that was that was more about bigotry than it was about religion. Yeah. But something happened in that man at a deep level to make him. To have that become the center of his life, to hate gay people. Mm. Oh, right. oh, yeah. Right. What in the world? There's yeah. something. There's an onion to be peeled there. Yeah, they protested my mother's wake. Oh, you're kidding. Oh. What? What? But what's the reasoning for that? I don't know. Just, oh, your mother was a friend. She yeah. was compassionate. Yeah, yes. she's yeah. an ally for That's sure. That's right. Yeah. They were like, That's disgusting, man. That is invasive, and but they do that to soldiers. They do that to soldiers. Yeah. God hates fags. Yeah. That's what they do. yeah. But what do soldiers have to do with people who are gay? Because well, it, it's just their minds are so clouded with hate that yes. everything does. Right. You know, right. like everyone and everything does. Yeah. It's, and maybe that church that where the service is being held is more liberal, and so. It doesn't have anything to do with the soldier. Yeah. All of that to me just screams insecurity. Yeah. You know, like if if you've got if your life mission is about making gay people feel shitty, it's probably because you haven't really confronted your own sexuality, and there's something not, you know, you're right. not comfortable with something. Right. And so you have to project and be like, I'm not this, I'm not this, I'm not this, I'm not this. And you think if you can get the world to believe you're not something, maybe you'll stop being it or, or something like that. I think you're right. I think it's you're true. something. It's true. And that's kind of what Jesus said, too, about the hypocrisy with the Pharisees, that you know, you're a whitewashed wall, but mm. inside... Yes, yes. Inside, that's a great full circle It's another story. Connection. And we're all that way. I mean, we're all dead bones inside. Mm-hmm. We just have to plead with God to help us. Mm-hmm. Give us a broom to sweep out the <laughs> the dust. Give us the courage to yeah. acknowledge the dust. Mm-hmm.
Amen. A post-Christian production.